0: This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries.
1: Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and thank you for joining us for this week's podcast entitled MashUp or Crash-Up? the intersection of real-time learning tools with learning management systems. I think you're going to definitely enjoy this podcast, and we are very lucky to have with us today Alan D. Greenberg, who's senior analyst and partner with Wayne House Research. Alan, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank
1: you. Many of you may know Alan in the industry. Alan actually has worked in telecommunications, conferencing, software, and services, and in various multimedia arenas for almost 25 years. And I know Wayne House Research Education has a tremendous reputation, and you lead the e-learning strategic advisory service there, and most recently was the principal author of The Distance Education and E-Learning Landscape, which is, I'm told, a wonderful three-volume series on emerging and converging technologies. And I'm really looking forward to getting even more in-depth into your, your work. In fact. I hadn't realized how many research projects and reports you'd published. Do you think you can share them with us? Some research. Sure,
2: sure. Thank you, Dr. Gardner. Uh, A number of the things that we do at White House Research, we publish sponsored white papers. So very often a vendor will will encourage us to go off and look at a particular area. So among the things that we've worked on have included topics like navigating the sea of research on video conferencing-based distance education, looking at is it effective or not, best practices in live content acquisition for distance learning networks, the emerging value of virtual labs, taking the wraps off video conferencing in the U.S. classroom. People are not aware just how much conferencing collaboration takes place in the K-12 environment, and emerging converging collaboration solutions for K-12 learning communities. And all of these are available for free at waynehouse.com. published the three-volume report that you mentioned, and uh, the first volume focuses on Uh, learning management systems, and some extra, what I call extra tools, Adobe, Second Life, and and some online worlds. Uh, Volume two is on video and lecture capture solutions, and volume three is on web conferencing and whiteboards. Let's call them synchronous interaction enablers is, is what I call them. So I cover a lot of companies that your listeners will be familiar with, companies like Polycom, Tanberg, Illuminate, Cisco, IBM, Adobe, and so forth. All all the folks who are making technologies that are used for distance education and e-learning.
1: Excellent. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will want to contact you and you can be assured at the end of the podcast, we're going to give you more details on how you can contact Alan and and maybe get access to some of these uh, wonderful reports and publications. Our audience is varied, Alan, so I I would like to start with just one or two basic questions so we get everybody on the same page. And First is, could you just kind of describe for us uh, what is a learning management system?
2: Sure. Basically, schools and and universities are all tasked with managing a lot of data and managing a lot of data about their learners corporations also i I neglected to include corporations and mm-hmm. so uh, a category of software developed oh, roughly ten plus years ago back in the back in the mid to late nineties uh, called learning management systems sometimes they're also known as course management systems and over in europe they're known as VLEs, or virtual learning environments. But essentially they're software tools that are designed to track, manage, and enable learning activities while offering additional functionality that can range from specific self-service registration capabilities to full-blown teaching and workflow tools, and tools that allow you to use and reuse content. There actually are some standards created, One particular one called SCORM, uh, the, the entire point of which is to enable an organization to reuse content uh, from one platform on, on another so.
1: great, great description. you also in the title of the podcast, use the terms mashup and crash up What is mashup and what is crash up then
2: well, a mashup actually comes from hip hop music the, the The original use of the term had to do with with just taking ripping different pieces of songs and mashing them up together so that you've got something that's uh, greater than sum is greater than the parts. <laughs> In technology, a mashup is a web application that combines data from more than one source. Your hardcore programmers listening would, would say that it's using code from different types of of applications and pulling them together. But in fact, it might be something like, and this is a definition I got from Wikipedia, an example would be to take Google Maps and add location information to real estate data from Craigslist or some other online real estate lister, and you end up with a, a new and distinct web service that was not originally provided by either service. So that, that would be a mashup.
1: Okay. And what about a crashup?
2: Okay, well, again, if you go to Wikipedia, there are a number of definitions. Everyone's familiar with the old Microsoft Windows, blue screen of death. (laughs) A crash-up is when something just doesn't work anymore for you.
1: Okay, great Uh, descriptions. Now, getting into more of the meat of the topic, I know we talked a little bit about where learning management systems are actually intersecting with real-time conferencing, collaboration, and mobility tools. Could you... Talk a little more in depth about what's going on where that intersecting is actually happening.
2: Well, one of the things is that a learning management system has very high value for learner management, for self-paced work, for supporting assessment tools and enabling access to new or used content. Whereas some of the the real-time technologies like web conferencing and video conferencing and even webcasting, are designed more for an in-the-moment interaction, contextual interaction between a teacher or, or trainer and a learner. And what's happening is there is no reason why you can't bring those two what were traditionally siloed application areas and bring them together. And so, in fact, many of the web conferencing players or the LMS players are beginning to put the hooks in so that you can actually, let's say, Mean looking at the progress of a, one of your students, see that they neglected to take something, immediately determine it by using presence, are they available online? Perhaps mm-hmm. launch a voice over IP call or a, a web conference with them and have some type of interaction where you may be exploring a topic further. That kind of thing is, and then perhaps you're archiving that material and leaving it there for the learner to come back to later to revisit. That would be a prime example of a mashup.
1: Oh, okay. Great. I'm sure there are a ton of challenges in the industry in in this entire area. Can you talk about some of those challenges and how you're maybe addressing them?
2: Sure. Actually, the challenges have to do with it takes work to deploy these technologies. And in particular, a learning management system, people have the options of deploying it themselves within their university or school district. Or using a hosted service provider, and so there, some of the providers will host it for you. And as with any technology that is not necessarily mainstreamed, or any technology in general, you have some—you have the rise and fall of some vendors. You have some vendors that tend to get a stranglehold on the market and, and prevent innovation. Protestations notwithstanding, they it make it difficult for others to build new capabilities and features so some of it is sorting through the challenge for a, a learning organization is to sort through which platforms make sense and why that's one set of challenges and then the other has to do with i'll talk about in a moment some of the directions that are taking place for e-learning but i uh, it has to do with what are your platforms who are you reaching how are you reaching people to what types of platforms are you reaching people and how are you making it all work when you have so many different types of devices mm-hmm. and networks and so forth. So those are those are some of the biggest challenges.
1: Okay. I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball. What's the future? Where is it going? What do you think is going to happen?
2: The future is M-Learning. M-Learning standing for mobile learning. And the, the couple of barriers, a few years ago, I would put up a chart that said that there were some particular barriers, to, to technology barriers, to the growth of e-learning and the growth of uh even some other communications technologies that had to do with display technologies and usability at, at, a, at a handset level because if you think about it the most ubiquitous device is not exactly a PC, the most ubiquitous device is a cellular phone. So that barrier we've overcome and I'd say Apple's introduction of the iPhone was the, the laying down the gauntlet or the strategic inflection point or whatever you want to call the major shift in the universe And what that's done is allowed people to get really excited, uh, particularly with with Apple's March 2008 introduction of the iPhone 2.0 software developer kit, their SDK, they're now providing Microsoft Exchange support. So there's no reason why all the universities and school districts that use Exchange would not be able to support their staff and faculty and learners with iPhones and providing email. They provide Cisco VPN support, certificates and identities, enforced security, automated device configuration, and remote wipe so that if you lose the cell phone you can actually clean it of all its contents and and that's pretty important when you've got, uh, let's say you've got researchers who have important stuff on their cell phones. And the iPhone SDK when it was introduced had 100,000 downloads in the first four days. So you're going to see some very – suddenly Apple is opening up the platform in a way that they, you know, did not necessarily do for some of their past platforms. And mobility is where it's at. So you've got universities already giving their students – everybody, when you come in, you get either an iPod Touch or an iPhone or a MacBook. And uh, you're going to see a lot more of that. So think about the kinds of taking of content and learning content, training content, and – purposing it for the iPhone or for a smartphone. It doesn't have to be Apple. The jury's still out on. uh, There are plenty of other smartphones out there, but Mm -hmm. it's the ubiquitousness and the ability to reach people, particularly adult learners, which is the fastest growing segment of the uh, educational population. It's a way to reach people.
1: Incredibly fascinating. Thank you for looking in your crystal ball. I'm going to ask you to look even a little further and What's maybe the next hot thing for distance education and e-learning? Do you have any insight into that?
2: Well, I I do make some predictions in my distance education and e-learning report, and some of those have to do with the future of LMS platforms and the things that they will contain within four to five years. And I'd say if the LMS vendors are not thinking about these capabilities, they're missing the boat and they're going to be outmaneuvered. Anyone looking at an LMS purchasing or establishing a service contract and support contract with an lms hosted vendor will will need to be thinking about these things i think that there's a 95 percent probability that these platforms will include real-time audio web conferencing instant instant messaging presence and some video conferencing by 2012. they're going to include improved content creation tools including virtualization and simulation tools I'd say more of a 75% chance by 2012. Mobile learning is going to be very important to LMS vendors. And then the last thing is the concept of context sensitivity. And you heard this here, folks, <laughs> is it's going to evolve into a higher priority for e-learning and become a key component of buying criteria by 2012. I think there's a 100% chance of that. And by that, I mean that the vendors are going to have to finally start listening to what the users and teachers and trainers are asking for, which is give us more that helps us create the right context and the right interactions with our learners, context sensitivity and the tools need to enable that instead of being create latency or or barriers between us and our learners, because that's been the biggest issue with technology in the past.
1: Alan, you have been inspirational and provocative. <laughs> I'm sure there are people in our audience who would love to be able to get in contact with you if you could give us the best way to do that?
2: The <laughs> best way is email, probably. A Greenbergs, that's A G R E E N B E R G, at WayneHouse.com. And I'll spell that. It's W A I N H O U S E, WayneHouse.com, not Wainwright. I get that with the loud and Wainwright. And our website is www.waynehouse.com. And we also have a portal, a research portal. Some items are free and some items require a paid subscription, and that would be www.wrplatinum.com.
1: Alan, thank you so much, and I did not want to mention Wayne House Research does have an annual conference, and you can check on the website to see when that next annual conference actually will be, and I hear it's one of those not-to-be-missed conferences.
2: Thank
1: you. So, in any event, this is, once again, Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and if you would like to reach me or find out more information about USDLA, please do not hesitate to look us up at www.usdla.org. Thank you very much, and I hope you have a great day. Bye bye.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fisher School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.